Hey everyone, welcome to the DeFi Scoop. I'm your host, DeFi Dave, and today I'm really excited to have Mr. Yeller Moon here. Yeller, how are you doing? What up, Dave? Good to see you, man. It has been a minute since I saw you with your red Ferrari coat looking fly out front of uh, East Portland. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Like, I swear, when that red Corvette just showed up, it was meant to be. <laughs> like, it was meant to be um for like for that picture to be taken i literally actually thought that you you had called it to show up at the venue so that you could like drive it away or something like that because you were gonna go to the dealership and then the car showed up and you were like oh let's just do this yeah and i swear to god the guy like walked inside for like five ten minutes just enough time for me to take the picture and then by the time i was done he just like walked out and he left i'm not even sure if he was part of the conference it's just like a weird coincidence I just like showed up and then he was like maybe I'm lost and then he just left it's epic I don't know. he's laughing about that <laughs> how often do you travel um, because of what you do and before like before we were recording we were talking about like when people ask you what you do it's it's hard to describe so like can you give like a little bit of background of like who are like who are you like what do you do and like what's it like traveling so much Travel is a huge part of what I do. I'm, I'm Yaler uh, Moon from the Meta Cartel Raid Guild. Um, I run a DAO squad called the Mystic Whales as well. And I'm a member of like tons of other communities that are basically DAO focused communities. So DAO House Lex DAO, like, and a, a bunch of other little projects that are just kind of like circling the ecosystem. Um, how travel impacts what I do. It's like, it's everything, right? Like, even though like through the year of 2020 and 2021, when we had some, you know, wacky restrictions going on, there was still a lot of like, um, conversations that were happening. There's still a lot of connection that was happening. And now that travel is opened back up, it's like things are coming back online in a real big way. So, you know, we have, I have five events that I'm gearing up for <clears throat> over the next like six months. One in Denver, obviously coming up East Denver. And then we have an event in Costa Rica. And then we have an event in Germany. And then we have an event in Mexico. And then, you know, who knows, another one could pop up in the meantime there. But it's like, we go to connect with local communities. We go to connect with people who are working or thinking about the things we're thinking about and who wanna work on things together. It's really easy to like lose the narrative of what's happening in crypto and Web3 and the blockchain space if you're not there hanging out with people meeting with people and realizing like oh these people are like actually really cool they have some really good ideas they're like you know almost i would say like more heart center people than like your traditional web 2 tech bro like you know vc fundraising squad not that any of those things are bad it's just definitely not my vibe right like i'm i'm i want to just like sit down and talk about value and what governance looks like and what the future of econ economies could be and i think you meet all these people who want to do that as well so travel is a huge part of it speaking about connecting with the lo like locally and in person to everyone it's kind of like the opposite of what people like usually think about Web3. People think of Web3 being online and like anons and like conversation always happening, whether it's in, on Twitter and Discord. But it's really interesting when you go to the smaller events, which I prefer, whether it's ETH Portland or even MCON. MCON was my favorite. And just like connecting with just really cool people, like you said. And everyone has very similar value alignment. And it's very interesting just hearing everyone's 
different take on where we're going with all this. I think some of the like most interesting conversations that happen at conferences are not at the main stage, are not at the breakout rooms. They're like the people sitting at a bench out front talking about how these two worlds could collide or the, you know. At MCON there was like a lot of ground circles, right? So it was like, yo, yo, we're gonna talk about governance. Like come and sit in a circle. It's like five people, oh, it's eight people, oh, it's 15 people, then you're like, wait, there's a lot of cool people sitting in this circle, right? You see all these project leaders, like what are they talking about? So you sit down there, you get in there and you realize like, oh, they're having a really in-depth conversation about like what the space looks like, how it's evolving, what we can do, what we can participate, what's missing, what's needed. We're, we're really stoked to see this, these kind of events, right? These DAO owned or run events that are community run events keep expanding because last year we had like, we accidentally, you know, we let 420 people in and we were only supposed to let 300 people in, but it was fine because we had a lot of space and we took over more parts of the building. And this year, like there's no way we're gonna have any less than 600 people, right? Because the space is expanding so rapidly. There's so many new projects that are getting involved and you've got a bunch of new high quality contributors coming into the space as well. So it's like, we're not trying to make money off of these events, right? We just want to bring people together so that those network connections can continue to grow. And that's what I think MCON will continue to be moving forward is a space for people to come to connect to, you know, to tap into the DAO ecosystem and then find out like where they can fit into this um, space moving forward. Yeah. So how do you think the conversation around governance has evolved, especially like how was it like an MCON and how has it evolved since? I think there's a good group of people who is run by a guy named David Ehrlichman, who was um, introduced through Zach from Coordinate. He brought him in basically, I don't know if he was actually at the event, but he brought him in and he was able to um, rally a group of like stewards who are like representatives from multiple communities uh, into a telegram thread and then wrangled them into like uh, building a network basically and they were calling themselves the DAO stewards now they're calling themselves groundwork um, and groundwork the idea is like to create foundational um, flows and documentation and studies about what is happening in the governance and the ecosystem what projects are you know um, doing it right where the struggles what's needed um, and then to like build up resources around that to keep it open source to keep you know the information kind of flowing it's been a cool process to watch because it started as a circle on the ground at mcon and now they're running their own events they're doing a dow camp um, they're doing a meetup in denver as well so i think those things are definitely continuing on it's been a lot of like user generated experiences like hey um what what do we need what's happening now but my personal opinion the more we can break down silos between projects the more success that we're going to see like my biggest concern is like you have this DAO over here and then this DAO over here and they're like kind of maybe building the same solution, right? And maybe there's a little bit of like, well, well we, we do that, that's our spot. But it's like, how can we merge and weave the offerings and the services together and make it super interoperable? Because blockchains have already like kind of failed the interoperability challenge, right? Like. Uh, everyone wants their own blockchain, you know, oh, we're gonna use this, the, that, and the other, and then we're gonna capture all these people who want cheaper transaction fees, and you see that just doesn't work, right? Because it's like, um, you can't spin up a permissionless and say secure blockchain in a matter of like a year, right? It's like these things take time, there's a huge network, a huge investment. And I think that's why Ethereum is so successful, because a lot of people are rallying around EVM standard, right? As like, hey, 
this is like, this is a, you know, this is the baseline, the security, right? And then we can build things on top of it and you can choose your flavor, right? How fast you want to go, what, what side chain you want to go on. And then the roadmap, you know, to ETH2 as well. But it's like, we as DAOs, like, this is human stuff, right? These are conversations around how to work out a collaboration. What are the incentive mechanisms right, look like? How do we bring our communities together? Like inside the meta cartel, which is the point of the conversation, we have done, in my opinion, one of the best jobs at bringing a huge set of disparate projects into one umbrella and saying like, how do we source from within our ecosystem for the things that we need and we we if we don't have it we build it right if we have it we use it so it's like if people in the meta cartel ecosystem need dev work you go to raid guild right you need branding website you want to build a you know front end or if you're looking to launch a dao you go to dao house and you spin up your dao and maybe you make some boosts and maybe you know you're you're working with those guys to make custom features or spin up your own front end if you're looking to get merchandise you go through the meta factory right you, you push everything out through there and i think like meta factory has been one of the most successful because they have so much broad adoption right people want that stuff they want those items and so you know coming up with these the scaling issues but it's like those examples it's like right you're building like, a town you know exactly yeah like you know to what me, I mean? like, like you know oh, you, you yeah, want to go to the clothing store you go here you want to go to the blacksmith you go here you want to go to the rank it's like the the meta cartel town it's like i, I view it as like a medieval it, town and i can just like imagine it in the metaverse like all these different buildings and stuff sure yeah no it's like did you see that perchy comic on twitter with Dowtown, where he has uh, I didn't see that yet. Has, uh, I'll send this to you. It's hilarious. It's like a big drawing of all the DAOs and all the like projects in the ecosystem. And Meta Cartel has like a taco shop, right? It's like it's like Meta Cartel, you know, with our little like taco shack. But then it's like Meta Factories next to us, like Meta Games over in the corner. And so you have all these little projects that are kind of spawning. But it's like we are a town. We're a niche inside a niche, right? But like the cartel itself is like this kind of. It's a. It's a values vibrational aligned organization that is like bound by like the blood sweat and tear commitment of like being friends and being in this industry together right we're not like bound by any contracts we're just like if i need shirts made i'm gonna use metafactory right like that's what i'm gonna do like if i want to build a new website or spin up a you know cool nft contract i'm gonna work with raid guild right and we we also get the benefit of being kind of first on the list to be able to work with these amazing projects these amazing developers like versus someone who comes from like left field and is just like hey i heard you saw metafactory on twitter like i'd love to work with you and it's like yeah maybe for all these things is overflowing it's like months and months backed out because it's like there's so few projects doing this kind of stuff right and that was actually one of the challenges that we came up against was like how do we scale our operational infrastructure in a way that doesn't feel like monopolizing like we don't want to be a monopoly right for like web3 devs at raid guild we're like take raid guild model and do something else with it right like so fork fork it out and, and create your own entity your own industry and use the open source models that we've built so that you can learn and you can get ahead of the curve basically so it's a challenge but that's the that's the challenge that presents itself which is actually reminiscent of how Metacartel was formed. I was doing some research before this podcast and basically it formed because Peter Pan wanted to join Moloch DAO, 
but he couldn't afford it. And so me and Tony were like, you just fork it and start your own DAO. And that's how Metacartel started. So can you like give a background of the history of Metacartel and kind of like, how did you get involved in it? Yeah, sure. So that is the story. Uh, Peter Pan, um, great guy, rejected from Moloch Dao, but friends with Amin. And he was like, you start your own start your own Dao, right? So Metacartel was the first fork of Moloch Dao, the infamous Moloch Dao, like, you know, MVP Dao contract that was created at Ethereum Denver, basically. Um, he, you know, had this vision for what he wanted to do. And Peter's a very driven person so like when he goes around knocking on doors and telling people he's going to get this thing spun up people listen they wake up so i think it was bear market vibes of like 2018 and he was like collecting 10 eth pledges which at the time was like a, a thousand maybe 1500 bucks and it's like yeah sure like mariano will pledge and yanov will pledge and like you know all the homies will pledge into the dow it's like you know not that much money and like here we are like you know in a slight dip, but still like, you know, 5X, you know, 10X prices on that, which makes a nice sustainable treasury. But, you know, he wanted to create something that was values and visions aligned with community first as the ethos. And so on our GitHub, you can see our meta cartel community first manifesto, which we try to get people, as many people as possible to read and really think about because it's not so much what you do, it's how you do it inside of our community. And we've had people come in who are like amazing contributors or super powerful, but they're like, they just had some shady motives, right? Or they just came across as like a really extractive where it's like, all right, you're like definitely trying to like maximize your return on investment by like pushing these buttons. And that becomes apparent very obvious, very fast. And so people like that don't really thrive on their way out of the group. Um, but Peter, I think, was the one to kind of seed that culturally and kind of make that the standard, right? Where it's like, we are investing in others and each other, right? Like in the beginning, there was no money to invest in anyone, right? It was small, tiny little grants. It's like, especially during a bear market, right? Builders build the best during a bear market because there's no distractions. When you're in a bull market, it's like, there's so many things, so many like NFT projects, so much, everything's popping off, everything's worth money. And you're like, Oh my God, what do I pay attention to? But like during the bear, you form the bonds with people that you will build with and do things with forever. We're back from technical difficulties. Never a dull moment in crypto. Uh -huh. We have Yellow Moon outside edition. And um, we're... Where were we before? We were talking about Meta Cartel and the importance of community and networks. And how does Meta Cartel, like one thing that really sticks out to me about Meta Cartel is you guys are cultivating a culture of collaboration. And, and this is really important, especially like early on in the history of Ethereum and the Ethereum blockchain. Because I kind of view, like how I view this space and view crypto is like each chain is its own nation state. And like with that nation state, it, it has its own set of values. And Kind of like Meta Cartel and Moloch Dao are really instilling the values of collaboration um, into these chains, and it kind of seeds into like all the projects that they support. And you kind of notice the same with when you notice the values of other chains. Um, and you can just tell there's just like something different. <laughs> you can definitely tell there's something different. So I guess like how does Meta Cartel cultivate that you know culture of collaboration, and how does that scale in the long term? 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Something that like is behind the scenes that we often don't talk about enough, but that is really essential to like what we're trying to do here, right? Through the grant funding, through the, you know, product market fits, kind of mentorship programs that we're running. It's like, how do we bring people together with the intention of uh, encouraging the maximum amount of collaboration? Now, it's easy to do that when you're like inside the Ethereum ecosystem because there's so many different directions that you can go inside of Ethereum. It's harder to do that when you're like in different blockchains because different blockchains are effectively trying to repeat this similar solution with different security features that Ethereum has already kind of come up with, right? So it's like, I don't, I don't find, like we, the Meta Cartel, are like really excited to like talk about, you know, future scaling solutions and all this kind of stuff, but you don't see a lot of Meta Cartel people who are like, hey, let's go and work on Solana and then like bring that back into the Meta Cartel because it's like, they, we've like chosen our we've chosen our ground right we're like homesteaders and we're like this is where we're gonna build our town right um and we're like anyone who wants to come into our town like yeah come on in we'll collaborate we'll give you resources we'll give you whatever you need but you have to make a stand somewhere right and we've made a stand in ethereum we're building an ethereum and that's where we you know where we believe the the, the growth in the future will happen so it's easy when you do that now the idea of like cross collaboration, you know, cultural seeding, like that can extend beyond, you know, ETH or layer twos or, you know, different kind of technology discussions. And it can turn into like just regular discussions, right? Where it's like, oh, cool. What are you working on or building over here that we would learn from and, and, and once again support? Um, now, because Medicartel Grants is a grant giving DAO, we can't give grants to projects that are not Ethereum based, right? Or uh, one of the sidechain solutions um, because the money that we have is on Ethereum, right? So it's like we give the money on Ethereum, you need to use it on Ethereum or you know, put it into your accounts to then build the ecosystem. And then we also have an accountability factor. It's like the donors gave the money to help bootstrap the DAP layer of the Ethereum ecosystem, not of any other ecosystem, right? So we might encourage like some kind of rage quit scenario happening there but we are super open right like with the way that we do events with the way we like provide um, support and um, like have conversations i think anyone's willing to you know step up and spend some time with the team early on um we just launched the metapod accelerator program which is going to be a one-day dow pitch competition in denver um where people can apply and bring their ideas receive funding and then get uh white listed into a six week accelerator program that has like some of the best minds from our ecosystem in it. They're providing support, giving feedback, mentorship and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be a really cool opportunity for people to come and engage and like kind of do their pitch, you know, like bring it, bring it to the table and, and, and see if they can make it work. It's more focused on the DAO space, the DAO side of things. And, but I think one of the strong, strong suits for us has been giving people the freedom to play, right? Like MetaCartel is not a company. And people are often like, how does MetaCartel work? And it's like, it's literally a cartel. It's this loosely formed, but strongly bonded community of individuals who are doing all kinds of things, right? It's like, you think of the cartel, they got their hands in everything, right? Same thing, we got our hands in all kinds of different pies, right? All kinds of different projects. And many people have their main project and they, they moonlight to some other projects or they have their vision of what they wanna create. And some people just come in and they're like, 
you know, it'd be really cool to do this for a, a community. And they find that the support of the Meta Cartel is very like open-ended. So it's like, oh, do you want to build? Like I had a guy message me like six weeks ago who was like, I want to build a tokenized Discord engagement bot that allows people to like upvote and downvote on grant proposals for the Meta Cartel. And by engaging, they get paid in tokens like through a double-sided marketplace. And I was like, I, that sounds amazing. I was like, I can't imagine any other place where it would like be a better fit than inside of our community, right? Cause we're looking to it up, we're looking to like up level the amount of engagement that the grant proposals get. So it's not the same people making the same decisions every time. And if you put some layer of incentives in, it works. And like, you know, he only wanted like 2,500 bucks to build this. And it's like, if it works for our community and it's a good foundational base layer, then you can take it to every grant every discord server that has a grant engine in it can use it and the community can crowdsource grants and you can reward that activity that behavior um so things like that i think are a sandbox right for people to experiment to play to bring their ideas and then to find people who can help them iterate in a rapid manner on what that sandbox becomes like dow house itself this amazing like juggernaut now was started as an idea, right, between three guys. And they, you know, got a small grant from the Meta Cartel and became really, really powerful contributors. And then we're like, we're building Dow House, right? Let's, let's own the Moloch Dow meme, right? And so they really made Moloch Dow get to the next level and are now making Moloch's like the standard Dow for so they many people, out right? They scaled Moloch Dow, basically. I just had Spencer on it. Exactly. Yes, Spencer is great. And Spencer came in through Raid Guild. Like, so, you know, Raid Guild received a small grant from the Meta Cartel in the early days as well. And that was where I joined the Meta Cartel was from Raid Guild as well. Like looking for some way to do something with a bunch of people and put, you know, put, put, put some talkers in the room with developers and they'll find something to do. But Spencer's company hired Raid Guild to help build something for him, right? And he liked the way we work so much that he was like, I think I'm gonna like leave my company and go work for Raid Guild. So, and then he went from Raid Guild to Dow House and now he's core at Dow House. But it's because he found the challenges and the opportunities that are available inside this ecosystem to be aligned with his personal values, to be so, you know, interesting to him that he's like, you know what, I can't really work for this company anymore because like, it's, it's not doing it for me, right? So if I can make this work for myself financially and go full Web3, then that's really where he wanted to be. And, and I think he's a perfect candidate for that. It's very philosophical. I mean, you're definitely noticing a meta cartel pipeline here. You gotta like, go through Raid Guild, and then like maybe you're into fashion, so you go to a meta factory. Maybe you're into DAO, so you go to DAO house. Maybe you're into something else. Like what are like the other, I guess like stores in the town, in the meta cartel town that make up the whole meta cartel ecosystem? I mean, you've definitely got like the meta game, right? Meta game was a really, really early project. And, and that one's like a slow juggernaut, like building and building and building. Um, You've got kind of like ecosystem projects that are like more loosely affiliated, but like friends with the Meta Cartel. Um, but I would, I would actually throw the question back and say like, what do we need now, right? Like what doesn't exist yet? What doesn't exist that we should be focusing, that we should be thinking about building? Like I think the Metapod will be, it is its own DAO, which will be like, at, it's going to be at tons of events in the future, right? So we just did a partnership with Dystopia Labs and we're going to be like at all of their WAGME events in the next two years. So it's like that accelerator program, which is very like 
akin to a, a Gitcoin kernel kind of program, but from the meta cartel, will hopefully onboard as many successful and thoughtful people into the ecosystem as kernel has as well and keep growing that. But like, there's definitely a funnel happening here, right? You have like, you have raid, you have uh, raid guild, uh, a, uh, cohort programs, right, which are free. You can learn how to work with a DAO. You can do a course through DAO House as well. So you can funnel in through many different ways. You can come to a Metapod event, IRL, and then you can make your way to a grant, right? You, you get a grant proposal. So you receive a grant from the Meta Cartel, and then you spend some time building your product, right? And then maybe at some point in the future, you, you can hire Raid Guild to help you go through a process of like building out your community or building out your product. And then it's like, there may be a fundraising point in the future. And so you could use Dow House if you wanna go the CCO right, route, right? Which is how Dow House raised their funding for their community, community contribution opportunity using the Dow House platform. Or you can go the private uh, way, right? And you can go funnel into Meta Cartel Ventures, right? And receive funding for your project from the Dow. So it's like, it's, it's like having as many buckets out and having all the funnels lead down into like, you getting what you need to build what you wanna build. Laid out the whole roadmap, the whole blueprint for anybody that wants to get into DAOs. Learn about DAOs, go take a course, and then you can go join a DAO, learn about it, and then maybe if you figure out like, oh, like what's a missing puzzle piece in this whole ecosystem, you create it, get a grant, and then you know we'll see where it goes down the line, and then you raise money, and wow, that sounds really liberating to be honest. <laughs> like, like just like it feels very like what I really love about this list in general is just like all like bottom up and self-directed. Um, and it feels like, it's like, you're the character, it's your journey, it's your adventure, and you're just like trying to figure out like where you fit. And I feel like I've had a very similar Web3 journey, but just like, not like that. But like you, and that's really important that like you, you're creating these like roads and like train tracks basically for people to get on because they didn't exist before. That's a really great point. We're like blazing new pathways, right? for people with almost unorthodox skills, like probably you and I are very similar, right? We're like talkers, we're like networkers, we're like, you know, we, 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 we ideate about things, right? But like, I don't sit behind a computer and like, you know, make code. Like so many people think I do. Oh, you work in crypto, you must be like a math master, right? Or an engineer. And I'm like, no, literally I spend most of my days in phone calls, talking to people, having conversations, dreaming, like envisioning what things could be like, and then trying to like say, can we like operationalize this? Can we actually do this? Like, is it worth our time? Do we have enough buy-in? Um, which I think is, it's like, that's the job. That's like part of the job, right? But like, it's a new type of job. Basically. I pretend that I'm a dev and like, that's how I like make my way through everything. <laughs> I think you're right. Like you don't, I think like that's a big, people like assume like if you want to be in crypto, like, oh, like you have to be a trader or you have to be a developer, but no. And I would actually argue like there's such a lack of like, you know, kind of like soft skill people in crypto that we need. I'm thinking specifically of a marketing guy I met in LA. I was in Venice Beach at uh, my buddy uh, Ben Lakoff's place. He's the founder of a project called Charge Particles. So we're hanging out and like riding motorcycles and his buddy John Nemitz comes um, to visit for a couple days. He's like, oh, I forgot he's coming as well. And this guy runs his own individual freelance marketing 
uh, studio, right? He's a single marketing agent guy. Maybe he has like his resources for graphic design and stuff like that. But he's like very systematized. Like his, his processes, his way of doing things, like they make total sense. And he's really good at what he does. And he gives free consultations to people who are like, oh, I've got this website for selling candles or like whatever. And I'm like, John, you're the perfect fit for the Raid Guild because we want to start doing like marketing operations and we have a little arm called the Shill Shop, right? So it's like the sh work with the Shill Shop. You can, yeah, you can like boost your brand up, but it's like the guys who are in the Shill Shop now, like they don't have time to do it really well, right? And to do it on the high level, but like Raid Guild specifically, because it's like such a cooperative environment, anyone can come in and lead, right? So I'm like, John, you should come in, right? And start leading these guys and show them how like marketing is really done really well. Build a standard operation uh, of like services and then grow that team, right? So you have like five, 10, 15 people on the marketing agency, but it's like, you don't own the marketing agency, right? It's cause you're not the CEO. It's like the entire agency is owned by all the members of Raid Guild via the shares in the DAO. So it's like, yes, you're getting paid, right? and you're contributing your time and your effort into something that we collectively own and you have a portion of ownership, but you will not be the guy who gets to sell the company at the end of the day, gets to decide like, you know, who gets paid what, like everyone at Raid Guild requests their own salary. They, you know, and if someone's like, I want $300,000 a year for doing like tweets, we're like, you know, that's not gonna work, right? We have to find something, someone else. But it's like, the, the, the standard is like, request what is reasonable for your level of expertise you know and we have people who make standard rates for doing all kinds of things all across the board but it's giving people that choice to say like you know what do you want to make what do you need to make right and if it if it exceeds what what our clients are willing to pay or what you know we ourselves think is reasonable then we have a conversation about it but it's all transparent right all of our payments are transparent everything that everyone gets gets to do is transparent yeah, and that makes it this really open, like open door policy, right? Where we can talk about what we do, what we don't do, like the kind of things that we were interested in expanding on in the future. And you can see yourself being a part of this vision, right? Of like this collectively owned agency that's like much more powerful because it's got a, a bit of energy from all the members versus like an old agency, right? That's got someone at the head who's like super rich and who's like, you know, trying to move people around and like make it work for them, right? Economically. And we don't, we have no overhead costs. We have no operating costs. Like we don't pay any administrative staff. We don't pay any marketing agencies. We don't do any Google traffic at nothing, right? Zero. And it's literally like, people are like, I love, I, I love working with Raid Guild. It's been like a, a great experience. So they come back again and again and again, and they refer other people into the group as well. And if there's an issue, I mean, look, we've had some people who hated us for some reason or other. It's like their platform was collapsing anyway, and they blame it on us. And we're like, that's fine. Like, you know, it's, it's not our, it's, it's, this is not our issue, right? We didn't like, build the failure of your community, but it's like we get over those things, we move forward, we learn from them, we improve. And like the group continues to like level up, right? And the more that we can like bring more people in and consume more human vision, right? Or more human power. It's like, I see like, I say like, if you think of Moloch, right? The demon, like the child slaying demon, uh, uh, the imagery, uh, like 
uh, raid guild is like the anti-Moloch, right? Like consuming humans and then building and getting bigger and it just becomes a, a beast where it can actually like fight Moloch, you know, but it's all the people and I'm, I'm like, <laughs> that's how I think of it, right? We're consuming people, but so we can plug them in and we can activate them and we, we can, can literally free them. Over, basically. Yeah, it's, yeah it's all, they're all plugging together. I should have someone draw that and make it into an NFT. So funny enough, we are writing the Gitcoin comic right now. Milwaukee hired Raid Guild to actually publish the comic as like having it done by the community. So artists from the community are collaborating with Gitcoin artists and our uh, Mage Smiths who write articles for the different projects we work on have been taking that on. And it just looks so amazing. The, the, I can't say anymore about the episode that's coming up, but it's been such a cool collaboration to, to work with him and to bring that vision to life as well, right? Cool. Is there like a, I guess, that, is there a close relationship at all between Gitcoin and MetaCartel? Because you guys definitely align in value. So I guess like, I could see you guys collaborating a lot, right? We have a bromance, you know, like we're definitely like, we're definitely like, we're in the same club, you know, we hang out, like we share resources. Gitcoin was one of our first hires at Raid Guild. Gitcoin was one of our first clients. They brought us on to do a project with them when we had like, you know, no, no clout, no experience. And like, you know, it was a great working experience from the very beginning. I went and spent eight months with Gitcoin during the GTC um, drop, basically talking about the community, talking about governance, spending time with them. So like we have really strong ties. Um, and we just really respect the work that they're doing, right? Like public goods is absolutely something that we need to focus on and we're very values aligned. So it's like, we don't even need an economic incentive to be aligned. We just know if they're doing an event, we'll be there. If we're doing an event, they're gonna be there, right? Like we, we always co-sponsor. So it's like, we'll sponsor yours, you sponsor ours. Um, but as long as we're, we're there doing it together, we're, we're there in spirit. So it's like, you know, always an open line of communication between anyone. And I've met so many great people who work at Gitcoin who keep, keep continue working at Gitcoin, which is um, a beautiful place to be, I think. Gitcoin, I'm so proud of Gitcoin DAO. I couldn't be happier to see that thing up and running and really uh, pushing the bar, you know? I was able to talk to Kevin for a bit in Lisbon when I was writing for The Defiant and just like hearing how he has to say, like, Peter Pan was super driven, like, so is Kevin. Like, he's just thinking about, you know, coordination experiments, like whatever works. He's like, it doesn't, if it works, like, I'll try out anything. And like, you know, this, um, what's working for Gitcoin is the, um, fuck, how could I forget the name? I'm just tired. <laughs> um, the, like what they do now, the quadratic funding, quadratic funding, like that just happened to work. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps, it helps when you create like a, you create something based on a paper that Vitalik wrote, right? Like quadratic funding paper, and then you make it a reality. Like that's a beautiful meme all the way through, right? Vitalik's like one of those people, like he's, I always read him as somebody that thinks decades ahead and things that he's like writing about now, like probably won't be implemented until decades ahead. And we're kind of getting the tip of the iceberg with um, like, whether it's Uniswap being created or Gitcoin being created, but it's gonna be really cool to see like, what else will be created from his writings? 100%. Uh, couldn't, couldn't be, I couldn't be happier to follow uh, a guy like Vitalik <laughs> into the next generation, basically, because humble, driven, like, you know, and, 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 and brilliant, just the way he sees things and, and, and works for people, I believe. He's a, he's a massive humanist, you know? He loves collaboration, cooperation, and is, 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 is leading the charge, right? Truly, yeah, and I kind of, like, view his position as, like, kind of like the intellectual godfather of Ethereum now, like, cause you know, you know what I mean? Cause like, 
it's not like he's involved with the day-to-day, but he's like doing these writings and people are like thinking about his uh, writings and what. Yeah, inspiration, man. He, he, the things he does are inspire us to keep pushing forward and to keep thinking in different ways. And you know, same thing with like Amin Soleimani publishing Malik Dao, um and the writings, right? The meditations of Malik, which were uh, done by uh, Star Slater Codex. But like, Amin read that and was so inspired that he's like, I'm gonna create this Tao and call it Moloch so that people read the article. And if you haven't read Meditations on Moloch by Star Slater Codex, go find it, go read it. It's like 47 pages of like- Like a quarter of it or half <laughs> Okay, I read it at an ETH Denver event, right? With like headphones on in bean bags and it took like four hours. But I was like, once I got through it, I was like, I was like, oh, wow, like this is it. It's just my un, un new level of mind has unlocked. And I think that was exactly what I wanted. You need to have a DAO slave. You just need to have someone that's like willing to do whatever for a DAO to like get things rolling. Otherwise, it's just not going to roll. And I'm just like, all right. I'm, percent. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I really yeah. like that term, <laughs> even though it's like DAO slave. I wonder if there's a better way to it's word it. It's 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 like it's like it's like BDSM culture though, right? Like a slave in BDSM culture is like they're kind of enjoying it, right? Like they're getting like whipped and spanked and hooked <laughs> and everything, but they're like, yes, yes, right? And in a DAO, you're like you're like I have to push all the buttons and I have to get all the people into the room, and like there's a power behind that that makes you feel like you're doing something really great, right? You're like I am contributing my energy to help make this thing a reality, and I am coordinating all these people that have not coordinated before who have not worked together before and i'm helping manifest the vision so like that slave is a labor of love and that's what i find the best (laughs) the best dao slaves are the ones that love to do it i feel like there could be a much better i think onboarding process for people like themselves you know what i mean Dude, we, we are working on this exact thing right now. So this is the Alpha League, but like the Mystic Whales is like my squad. And we are like basically working on like user empathic flows for DAOs and communities. Like what does it look like when you join a Discord? Is it one channel? Is it five channels or 500 channels? And like if we're giving people 500 channels to sort through, like what does that make people feel like when they're coming into a community and then trying to figure out they're trying to like click on a few things and like i have got to say like my guy jeremy uh klein that i work with he's a core contributor to dow house and the creator of the metapod program is just a visionary like the way that he designs these patterns for people to engage and to click through like oh read a little message and then click on something you're interested in and then see two channels and and you oh you want to find out about something else click on something else right and then oh it's token gated so you got to go buy this nft like i find it to be really fascinating and to be the best way to to trickle information to people right on the path that's their own journey. It's not like, here's everything, figure out where you land. And that's actually, that's like poor user experience design basically. When you get into a Discord server and you're like, what is happening here? It's because enough people didn't spend time really thinking about what the new person coming in is gonna experience when they enter that server. And we need so much more of that. We need user empathy all across the space. User empathy, I like that word a lot. Like what? Because if we want to like onboard the next million or next billion people, like we're going to have to have that in mind. If we talk and if we speak about our values and how the technology reflects our values, and if we talk about the community being the most important thing to society and to the projects that we're working on, and we make that front and center, we make that part of our vision, our mission, our manifesto, 
that will be the filter for people who are like, wait, I don't get that, I don't understand, I'm here to make money, like I'm only here to, you know, to like degen. It's like, we have to make that more apparent, right? Where it's like, this is a space that is expanding the, the possibility, like the mental space of humans, right? People join this space and they get inspired to do things that they never thought they could do before. I see people quitting their job at Facebook, Amazon, and Apple and going like, this is dope. I'm gonna like work in web three, right? Whatever that means, it's a very vague term, but it's like they're becoming, they're joining like a movement. I see it as like a movement, right? They're like, let's build new institutions. Let's build new um, tools and let's do it together, right? Let's build things together because we don't need corporations. We don't need, you know, uh, these old bloated institutions anymore. We have the power to coordinate directly with one another and to do it in a more transparent and more effective and a, a faster way globally. And that the, the thing that's actually holding us back is government agencies, is institutions, right? From adopting and participating in this conversation because if they really wanted to be a part of it and they weren't over there going like, how do we tax this? How do we regulate this? How do we make, it's like, just join the conversation, right? Come to, so, yeah, like just be a part of it. Like, because eventually we are gonna merge, right? At this point. And the stronger cultural narrative that appeals to more people will be the one that wins, I think, right? So it's like, what do you want to hold on to more? Do you want to hold on to the spirit of like collaboration, of future, of equity, right? Of like working for things that are liberating millions of people all around the world? Or do you want to hold on to the narrative of like, well, we've got our shit already, right? We've got our systems, we've already got this. And it's like too complicated to change. And it's like, you know, that, that, like this is a, a, it's like tangential, right? It's either, it's either all or nothing in my opinion. It's either all or nothing. Like we succeed and we change the world or we become obsolete, right? Or get captured by Visa or something like that. And I don't think anyone out of us would let that happen. I'm personally gonna go move to the jungle if that happens, man. I'm gonna <laughs> live as a farmer or something like that. Cause I'm really here to change things. We'll just start a commune. Costa Rica, let's go. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we're gonna wrap up pretty soon. Um, do you have any like last words uh, you wanna tell people like where they can find you or just like any last tidbits of wisdom? I mean, I'm always available in the communities that I contribute to. I, I don't, don't, don't DM me on Twitter cause I, ne I never respond there. But um, it's like Raid Guild, Metacartel, um, Dow House and Metafactory, like in any Discord server, I'm available there. And events, right? Like come to MCON, find your way into some of our events or at, find us at ETH Denver. Really truly like ask yourself what you wanna be doing, right? Like where you wanna be and how you wanna show up. Ask yourself what part of what communities you want to contribute to in the future and how how valuable is your time to you? Because I found even working for successful companies that my time was it, I couldn't be I couldn't sell my time enough to help me feel satisfied or fulfilled in my job. And now I like don't even ask for money, right? And I'm rewarded like you know, substantially for my contributions. And it's not like work at all. Like I show up and I love every day and every conversation that I have and being able to connect with people who are like thinking the same things I'm thinking. And it gives me 10 times more energy to get out of bed every day. I'm so excited to do what I do. And that's a gift, you know? I want that for everyone. You're truly the spokesperson for Dallas, Yellow Moon. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you like what you, what you hear, like, subscribe. Let me know if you want anybody else in the comments. We've been on a Dow Street recently. And I love that. 
um, you know, the future is DAOs for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Yeller. Thanks, Dave. Good to see you, man.